The industrial market is hot. If you're in commercial real estate, you've heard this a million times. E-commerce boomed during the pandemic, when everyone was at home ordering everything from sweatpants to new desks. And e-commerce companies raced to catch up, taking any modern warehouse space they could find. That pushed up rents and vacancy rates down. In some markets, vacancy is actually approaching 0%. That's right, 0%. Obviously, investment firms wanted to cash in on rising rents too, pushing up investment sales of industrial properties and really solidifying industrial as a mainstream asset class. But as we approach the middle of 2022, more than two years into the pandemic, we're in a very different environment. Interest rates are up, meaning acquisitions and development are both more expensive. And Amazon, obviously the largest e-commerce company, has told the world it has too much warehouse space. So what does this all mean for the industrial market? I'm Isabella Farr, and this is Deconstruct. thing is the industrial fundamentals, so the tenant supply and demand, has never been better. That's Barbara Perrier, an industrial broker with CBRE in Southern California. In my career, which has you know, spanned many, a uh, couple of decades here, it's never been stronger. So there's tons of tenant demand, really strong absorption, and the rental rates are going up really at rapid space time. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy because we've got a little bit of a shakeup in the capital markets at the same time that the tenant market is as strong as it's ever been. Can you talk about that shakeup in the capital markets? What exactly happened? So interest rates rose very quickly in a very short period of time, and it kind of shocked the market. Not that anybody ever thought that the interest rates would stay that low forever. But what happened is I think this was kind of back in you know May and now we're in June, we're feeling a little bit better, but there was kind of an overreaction by investors in the sense that they weren't sure where things were headed. And so their price, either they were on the sidelines or their pricings were, you know, drastically off where they would have been before and, you know, a shift in the cap rates. What we are seeing now are things are starting to settle down a little bit, but it's still not perfect because interest rates that used to be let's just say 2.7 to 3% are now ranging at 4.25 to 4.5, which has an effect on everybody's kind of view of where they can, you know, price debt and price a deal. So it definitely has had an effect. Did this rise in interest rates stole deals? Did it hold acquisitions at all? Basically, um, the industrial market is kind of a sweet spot for the lending community. And so there's plenty of liquidity for industrial. There is a lot of folks, a lot of lenders that are under allocated in industrial and would love to get more. The issue about the rates going up, you know, it is what it is, you know, because they're they're pricing off a spread over what the Fed set. There was certainly a lot of groups that decided to go on the sidelines. Folks who have to put a lot of money out are now kind of coming back out to play. So our bidder sheets, our, you know, bid lists were a little bit uh, lighter than they would have been before. And you know, we're kind of hoping that people are getting back to business as usual, although there's been some adjustment to the pricing. Barbara says it's not difficult to get a loan for industrial. It's just more expensive. But pricing is a little bit tricky. There's not really a set guidance on pricing for industrial properties right now. 
It's really done on a case-by-case basis and is mostly determined by the weighted average lease term. For non-commercial real estate players, that just means the average time in which all leases on a property will expire. If that is, you know, two or three years and you can get to a mark-to-market rent, people are a lot more aggressive. And then, you know, those lease terms that are five to seven years are a little bit more challenging because you have a lower yield for a longer period of time. But what's been most effective, which is a little counterintuitive to what we've seen historically, is those long-term single-tenant net deals. So that really, you know, credit-tenant long-term leases, they've really uh, seen the biggest adjustment in the pricing. And that's because you can't get mark-to-market value for a long time. And older leases probably have two to 3% rent increases. The good news is some of the newer leases are gonna get higher, you know, you know, three and a half to four, maybe even 5% annual escalations, which will help the newer deals, but, you know, kind of deals that have cut before are getting affected for sure by their pricing. One thing I wanted to bring up was this trend of office to industrial conversions. Developers are buying up older office parks to build new Class A industrial properties on the site. I know that this is a pretty popular trend in LA, but it's popping up all across the country. I was wondering how interest rates had affected these types of deals, if they have at all. So land is really in high demand right now, and we have seen less impact on land um, you know, than other product types. but. That being said, not all land is created equal. So land that's not entitled or there's certain risks with entitlements is getting hit harder. Land that's ready to go, that's fully entitled and you can put a shovel in the ground is definitely not getting hit. But the issue is, especially in California, there's more and more constraints on development. There's a new bill right now going through our state legislature that could have an effect on future development. So there's definitely kind of some concerns in the air. Barbara is referring to Assembly Bill 2840, a bill that would create a 1,000-foot buffer zone between large warehouse developments and residential areas. It passed the California Assembly earlier this month and is now in the state Senate. And I would tell you that deals that have potential risk with, you know, some of the things going on in the governmental world are having a tougher time right now. The best example of just how much the growth of e-commerce has boosted the industrial market is Amazon. The e-commerce giant more than doubled its space from 2020 to this year, bringing its total portfolio of warehouse, distribution, data center, and lost mile properties to more than 410 million square feet. That's about double the amount of office space across all of Midtown Manhattan. But then in April... After spending billions of dollars on new warehouses, a move that cut into profits, analysts say Amazon may have built too much too fast. The world's largest online retailer on Thursday reported $2 billion in incremental costs from having excess fulfillment and transportation capacity. To the surprise of many, Amazon said it officially had too much warehouse space. It subsequently put millions of square feet across the U.S. up for sublease. But is this a sign of a slowdown for the industrial market? Are developers worried that tenants will start pulling back? When you talk to other institutional investors, you'll find that Amazon is not a huge proportion of their 
total tenant inventory. Um, Amazon as a whole for the total industrial tenant portfolio is less than 5%. I spoke to Jordan Kowalski, who oversees acquisitions and asset management for the Midwest for Fairpoint. And right now in the U.S., we're somewhere between 2 and 4% vacancy, depending on which report you look at. So even if we were to get back every single Amazon space, we'd still be above 90% occupancy, which is not a terrible place to be, right? And I don't think Amazon's about to give back every single building that they occupy. We had a vacant building in Chicago with three tenants vying for it because they just can't find space. So we're at this inflection point where tenants can't find space, developers can't build fast enough. We almost need more, right? So Amazon giving back space, I don't think is a a huge concern. We see Amazon change their mind pretty often, whether it's how they utilize their supply chain or how much space they need. We don't know what six months from now will look like. So it might even bring a little bit of relief to the market? Yeah, absolutely. Jordan definitely hasn't seen demand wane, at least not in the Midwest markets, especially for certain properties. But many developers are focused on building for companies like Amazon that need very large properties. There's so much demand for, call it the tenant that's under 100,000 square feet, but virtually all of the development is over 300,000 square feet. And it's really just the cost to build, right? A developer building over 300,000 square feet, your per square foot is so much less than if you go build a 50,000 square foot building. So those tenants are just not able to find new development, um, which pushes them into the second and third gen space. So we see a lot of opportunity in that market um, and the rent growth is, we're just not even able to predict it anymore. Whether that shifts over time is hard to say. I think a lot of it depends on what happens in the commodities and if those prices start to come down, if, you know, development of smaller space becomes you know, more feasible in the, the short or the long term. Um, but even so, it, you can build a building under 300,000 square feet. It still becomes a function of how feasible is it to demise this building down? How many tenants can you realistically demise it down to? Um, and how many developers really want to do it versus just leasing it to one tenant? Jordan, can you talk a little bit about the lending environment right now and how interest rates have affected industrial acquisitions, if at all? I don't think there, there's been a shift to provide lending. Um, I, I think it's more so just a shift in interest rates. And as interest rates go up, I think we're all waiting to see what the impact on pricing will be. And typically there's about a six month lag. So I think, you know, give it a couple more months and we'll all have a better understanding of what exactly that means. I think we're definitely starting to see a little bit of pricing adjustments in the markets. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to the actual lenders, there's still a lot of appetite for industrial, for multifamily, um, and I think that will continue. Look, I think the, the next couple of months will be pretty telling for what we'll see in the pricing market, especially as we kind of see what happens with interest rates. I personally like to think that industrial is somewhat insulated from what's going on in the markets, but I do think that what's going on in the markets impacts our tenants. Um, I always come back to the fact that in Chicago specifically, our vacancy is at 2%. That 2% in a, in a negative scenario were to go to 4%, it's kind of like what we just spoke about. You know, Maybe you have tenants that have two or three options instead of zero or one. So like I said, I hope we're, we're somewhat insulated and we continue this path upwards, but only time will tell. 
Got it. Well, I'll come back to you in six months and we can revisit the market then. Hopefully I'm still smiling. <laughs> Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, feel free to reach me or Susanna at podcasts at therealdeal.com. Next week, we're taking a break and observing Juneteenth. Tune in on June 27th for a broader look at how rising interest rates are affecting residential and commercial deals.